0: hi everyone welcome back to behind the timeline the podcast where we examine pop culture in films television and books across the ages as always we are your hosts Lindsay and scott if you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks be sure to leave us a follow on instagram at go behind the timeline check us out on twitter at behind timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts additionally links to our patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast and now on with the show From Soldier Boy. So um not a fan of the name. I think it's kind of a stupid name, but so is
1: Captain America. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna level with you, Matt. So is Captain America.
0: Captain America. So in general, superhero <laughs> names are not always great, but I just feel like Soldier Boy is just particularly bad.
1: <laughs> I like Tech Knight in the, the voice ones. But the best is love sausage, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> So hashtag Huey light. Indeed. We are back, everybody. We are pulling out the temp pad and we're going to go right up to some current stuff and talk about the boys for the next several weeks. So super excited. This is definitely one of our passion shows. You will notice tonight that Scott is not with us. Scott is moving. So I have Matt with me tonight. Hi, Matt.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. I'm stoked that you jumped on with this. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your, your relatively recent foray into the boys.
0: Oh, man. So I started watching it like I had been I don't know why, like I knew I would like this show, but it's one of those things where I had so many people recommend it to me. I was just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And so eventually you guys talked to me, you, you twisted my arm and talked me into it. And so I had some downtime and I watched it like a couple of months ago and I binged it like one seasons, one through two. And I was super mad that that's all there was. And so you guys were like, oh, no, don't you worry. We're getting more in, in the early like the first week of June. So um I binge watched all three episodes in one sitting and I I love it. I think it's as much as I, I'm such a fanboy for DC and Marvel, the boys is such a more realistic adaption to what superheroes in the real in real life would be. There there wouldn't be you know, Big Boy Blue as, a, as the Boy Scout And, you know, there wouldn't be Batman It would, People would be terrible people Because if we know anything about people Is you give them a little power And they take a lot more than they deserve So I love it I think it's a really great show And I, I can't recommend it enough To enough people
1: I love that you love it Because um, listeners, Matt and I often don't agree About what <laughs> what is good Shall we say? <laughs> We often disagree on what is good, but I love Mm. that we agree on this because I am with you a million percent. I think this is one of the best things on TV. I think it's one of the smartest things on TV. And I think these first three episodes of season three hammer that in like a hundredfold. So as we get started, full spoilers, this is going to be episodes one through three of season three of The Boys. Absolutely. Full spoilers. We will talk very little about the comics. I only know a handful of things about them. Matt, you don't know the comics, right?
0: Right. This is one of the few comic franchises I actually know next to nothing about. So I've been taking it all in as eyes wide open for the first time, which I think has actually made it a better experience for me.
1: I think so, too, and I think it's an interesting one for you as a comic fan to have because, of course, you know the DC comics, which most of the boys is based off of DC, like the primary seven. But, of course, now we're starting to see a lot more variety in the soups that we're seeing. Like we have like a Scarlet Mm -hmm. Witch this season and things like that. So, But I like that you as a DC comic fanboy are in favor of this because this is very much um, kind of a deconstruction of the Justice League, right, at its heart. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you really like it because I know that DC is kind of your game. So let's start off with a little recap of where we're at right now. Um, it has been one year since the end of season two and the world finding out about Stormfront's Nazi affiliation and Compound V. So we're a year into this. The boys are working for Huey and Congressman Victorian Newman, who we know is the, we as the audience know is the head popper from, which was the big reveal at the end of season two. Maeve is working as an informant to Butcher. This is pretty much the only mention of Maeve we're going to make all night because she didn't do much, but really enjoyed her informing to Butcher. Mallory is hiding Ryan successfully from Homelander, which is kind of astounding. Donna the Seven is out, the movie they're filming in season two. Homelander's on an apology tour after having dated Stormfront, which is opening the door for Starlight as co-captain of the Seven and Homelander's new non-consensual girlfriend. Super fun. So, as we said, what was it? What's your hashtag? Ha-
0: hashtag Huey Light. <laughs>
1: yes, all day. <laughs> the Deep is added back to the team, along with Starlight's X, while A-Train is seconds from his next heart attack. And going off of a tip from Maeve, the boys are after a weapon that ostensibly killed Soldier Boy in hopes that it can also kill Homelander before he goes totally off the rails. And uh, with Maeve's help, Butcher gets and uses some of the V-24 that will give him Homelander's powers for 24 hours of questions about these things. And uh, Huey discovers that Newman is the head popper and the boys get back together to do it Butcher's way. It's our little recap of episodes one through three. There's a lot going on in these first few episodes.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. The boys are definitely back in town. I've been holding on to that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, I'm surprised that they didn't play that song, to be honest.
0: Oh, I, I, I honestly was waiting for it, and I was kind of disappointed that it didn't happen. <laughs> By the way, Head Popper is the most gross and visually unappealing name ever.
1: Yeah. And and that is now like her soup name, right? Like, that's what they're calling her?
0: Yeah, the Head Popper. Gross. The Head
1: Popper. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did you so did you uh real quick before we even dive into it like did you like that they found out that she was the head popper so quickly and like that scene of Huey watching that go down like that was one of my favorite scenes?
0: Um so I like that they got to find out that she is the head popper because I hate it when the audience knows something cuz it just kind of it gets frustrating after a while that the, that the the characters don't know what's going on and it's kind of just
1: not your favorite yeah
0: because i mean i it i like it and i don't like it but i just feel like it's something that's just used a lot so i'm i'm happy that they got to find out right away and the other reason i i'm happy about it is because we can just start getting into the meat and potatoes right away a lot of these superhero shows what they what they end up doing is they reveal something in the first handful of episodes and then it just goes radio silent with only a few mentions throughout the season. So I'm I'm happy that, and I'm looking at you, CW. Um, right. <laughs> um. So I'm happy that they're just like, yes, let's just, let's get into the weeds. Let's start handling business. Let's, you know, we know who Head Popper is. What are we going to do about it? So I like that. It's just engaging that storyline immediately.
1: Yes. Moving the plot forward. It's not having us sit relying on the dramatic irony for too long. I agree with you. I like that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about making the super into heroes. How, like, first of all, Giancarlo Esposito can do no wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So good.
1: None. That soliloquy of his about this was great. Like, I really think this, the season's leaning super hard into the political stuff in a way that I really like. Like, it's giving me Handmaid's Tale vibes a little bit with, like, the synchronicity of the government with the media, and the bullshit facade versus what this is really about and everybody's media narratives and like how critical it is to major world players and politics. I love how much they're leaning into it this season.
0: Yeah. That's the one thing that I, I really do like that. We just don't see in other superhero properties, like the flash as an example, right? Because mm-hmm. you and I both love the Flash. We're so
1: talk about the Flash tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Another
0: episode of the Flash. <laughs> um, they Team Flash has like an app, and then they submit they disseminate it to like the masses, right? So people right. can know that there's like a meta attack happening, right? So I like the use of social media because it makes sense that a lot of the stuff that they they've built over the years is, you know, how are how are the the supers how are their points looking, you know, what demographics are they appealing to? It would make sense that social media would play such a critical role in just their day-to-day lives and how they do things and how quickly things can turn because we've all seen how nasty social media can turn within hours of itself and it just ends up imploding. So I really like that the presence of stuff like that, it's making it grounded while still being completely ridiculous at the same time. So. I just I really and it's not like they're they're beating us over the head with the political stuff mm-hmm. because a lot of other shows like Supergirl Oh my example, god it was, was and
1: I agree with Supergirl's politics but Jesus yeah. God Kara
0: <laughs> Yeah exactly it was just like we're going to strangle the audience with what we believe in and you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And I I mean I liked a lot of the things that Supergirl brought But I was just like, okay, let's. It's a superhero show. There's got to be some levity here somewhere. Like, let's let's get back to it being about superheroes. And so it's not brutal, but it makes sense. So it's it's all tying very nicely together.
1: Yeah, and I feel like Supergirl for me, the 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 way that they really heavily leaned into the politics in Supergirl is kind of the way that like. Grey's Anatomy does it these days where it it is beating you over the head and beyond that it's just like that show wasn't good enough to do that like I applaud <laughs> what they were trying to do but it was not good enough maybe another show could have pulled that off but not Supergirl and what I really like about the boys that I think they're leaning into this season is not only does all that make sense like if superheroes were real absolutely we would be looking at how many points up they are and what demographics they're doing with doing well with and there would be movies and like all of this shit. But I also think that on an even deeper level, it makes sense, like what Stan Edgar says. He says, I don't even want to be in the superhero business in five years. The whole superhero bullshit where they're like the real, real talk is if people had powers, they wouldn't wear these ridiculous costumes. They wouldn't have these ridiculous names. All of that is the veneer that Vought puts on it while they're just a weapons and pharmaceutical company for Compound V. That's what's mm-hmm. really going on. And all of the rest of the facade and then the social media layer on top of that is is just bullshit. Which is what Stan, Stan Edgar says. And yeah. I absolutely love that, that, like, this whole media narrative is just the thin veil between, like, the current status quo in this world and just complete dystopian disaster. And I think we're about to see that start to break down this season.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it, and it was such a meta moment for him to be like, this is bullshit. It's almost like they're calling out superhero franchises for just like, that you guys you guys know that the concept of superheroes is stupid, right?
1: Yeah, that you wouldn't do any of this.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: But also that by doing this and creating the media thing and making it so that you have points that you could go up or down and consequences for your actions, mm-hmm. even just creating that infrastructure around it helps control it. And I think what Stan Edgar says is really interesting that like the goal here is to have 24 hour V because he doesn't want to have to deal with how to turn the super into heroes. Yeah. Right. Like, but once you have them permanently, then you have to have some kind of societal infrastructure to deal with that. And that's the costumes and the names and the movies. Right. So that's what I think is the most interesting and the most realistic thing about the way that superheroes are portrayed in the boys. And like, and then it's their lack of control over it. Right. Which is the point to make it so that these superpowered people actually have no fucking agency and we yep. see that with this hashtag homelight thing with starlight right and that that mm-hmm. homelander effectively did to mave last season with the whole brave mave thing although i i do have to say brave maves inclusive kingdom is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did laugh really hard when i saw it. i was like this is so the the amount of virtue signaling that they're doing right now is both incredibly, it's just incredibly, amazingly bad.
1: <laughs> it's such good satire. It's like you know, Matt and Trey kind of they're working on regaining, like teaching us as a society what satire looks like in a post-Trump world. But like the boys gets it.
0: They, yeah,
1: <laughs> they totally get it, and I love it. Okay, so okay, so the other piece of this, of what it leads me into, is Homelander, right? Because he's being kept in check. Only by this whole social narrative, right? And being loved. Mm-hmm. And his comment:
0: What does he say? Um, he says, "I would prefer to be loved, but I'll I'll take hate."
1: Yeah, I'd be fine with it. So, he's like, I'd be mm-hmm. a okay number one, like something yep. like that with hated. And he's like, "Go ahead, drop the the flight thirty seven video. I don't give a fuck. If you take everything from me, then watch what I can do." And I just, Oh, like it's, it's, I'm like, how do I articulate it? That it's along the same lines as what I'm saying about the media narrative that like, that is just a thin veil. If you take that away, everything becomes real and raw and Homelander destroys New York and Des Moines and Maeve's hometown. (laughs) Uh, Just for fun. As soon as you take that away. And like the, the crazy amount of impact that it has. And Edgar wants to like get rid of that. And it's like, what is he planning to do with the existing soups? Cause I get how his plan works in a world of 24 hour V and not how it works in the world that exists.
0: Yeah. um, It's, it's so crazy. Cause he, he, he basically challenges Starlight. Like, I don't think you're going to do it. I don't think you have the stones to do it. And he's telling her to do it. Cause he knows that she won't because she gives away, yeah, it gives away her leverage, and he knows she's too good to do something like that. But what I like is that you can see the calculations in Starlight's face, like that meme with all the math flying uh-huh. around her head.
1: Yeah, where she's like, he's not fucking kidding. There's no point in me doing this. It will only result in the destruction." of destruction.
0: Exactly. And, and what I liked about it is when she realized, oh, fuck, he's already thought about this, and he already has a plan. So she knows that he's this is not the first time that these thoughts have come to his head, and how if he were if we were to get a rogue homelander, he would be at the status quo be unstoppable
1: and so debate this with me. do we think he's unstoppable? Do we really think like if homelander was like fine, I'm gonna go after like infrastructure like like what did he say like cellular? Yeah like yeah infrastructure gonna, yeah like all of the oh my god can you imagine like it's like goosebumping, right it's like oh my god like you actually are talking about like really taking down all of society not just burning buildings right he's gonna yeah. go after the critical infrastructure but do we really think he could stand against every other soup if it came down sta- comes down to it because everyone seems to think so no one's saying like no fuck you if you did something like that the whole world would come after you and then you would like Do we really think he could stand against everyone?
0: So I think this nicely parallels um, uh, Invincible. Whereas his dad, right? He, Omni-Man, he takes out their version of the Justice League. And he does it, like he does it very efficiently. But he still struggled to do it. So I think that with enough soups, they could do it. The question is, will they do it? Because if there's someone like... The deep right he's mm-hmm. gonna fall in line and that's mm-hmm. the problem is that more than likely he'll have enough soups that are scared of him to fall in line that they couldn't do it and they would have to find a more conventional means like the 24-hour compound v giving it to some someone who's equally unhinged as as homelander like butcher for example um so i think in a if all the soups grew a pair and decided there's enough of us we could probably take out homelander i think he would lose but in reality i don't think that there would even be a fight because he would probably get like black noir on his side and black Mm -hmm. noir is like a one-man army so uh, black noir would be probably like the second to last person to fight before you would get to homelander
1: Oh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it that the other soups would fall in line like that it wouldn't be so simple as everybody up against Homelander, which god damn it isn't that like in itself a really interesting parallel to real world politics where like there are certain things that that come up and I won't dig us into a political hole, but certain things that come up that seem so heinous. It. of course that will never fly no one will support it we'll have to just like put that down and that's not what happens and there's enough yep. people who back it up that the heinous thing continues even though it seems unthinkable and fuck Matt you're right that's exact God, this show's <laughs> smart right like it's yep. mm-hmm. Oh, I really like this show <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> um, and so Something that I said to you when you were watching the show in the very beginning, like when you first started it, I said, Homelander is my favorite. It's my favorite character to watch, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, in season one, Matt Matt, listeners is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why do you like this guy? What's fundamentally wrong with you? (laughs) But but you get what I mean now, right?
0: Yeah. It's it's a fascinating character study to watch someone, you know, who has every every possible chance to being Superman, yet he chooses not to be Superman. He wants to be, he gives in to all of those animalistic feelings and wants and desires. And he doesn't put himself, you know, doesn't hold himself to a higher degree. Is he even says it in his press tour, I am just a man on the inside. And that's it's very apparent that he's completely given into those inner those inner feelings of lust and greed and power and and I I've said this before and I'll say it again he has and I've seen his social media pictures like the actor's social media pictures mm-hmm. he has the scariest smile I have ever seen in my life every right. time they do a zoom in on his face it just gets me so uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, more so, so since season 1
1: in in oh, season absolutely. 1 at first it w- remember in like the very beginning of season 1 butcher is like no no all the all the soups are bad but homelander his record's perfect right but he's like the worst mm-hmm. one he just doesn't have a paper trail um yeah. and he doesn't go to like the orgies and stuff and when he's th- when he's mm-hmm. first there with Huey in like episode 1 right mm-hmm. and yep. for a second you kind of believe that Like how, like in season one, you almost kind of believe that Homeliner could be the good one until he like burns down that plane midair. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah, his face, I can't remember the, his actor's name is Anthony something. Um, But his face is awesome. And it just gets more and more like, yeah, terrifying and unhinged. And I really liked like the series of press tour conferences where he's saying the same thing about, I'm just a man. And I think you hit on something interesting where, like, we as the audience 100% know that he is just a human and has, like, a lot of trauma. And it's, like, what informs all of his decisions and makes him crazy. And, you know, he hates being, like, a lab rat, which he says to the girl Chelsea who jumps, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, And we know that that's true, but he doesn't believe it. That's what his whole birthday outburst is about, right, is him being Mm -hmm. like, no, I am not just a man. And fighting back like against that, even though we know that that's absolutely true about like his psyche.
0: Oh yeah. And it's so funny cause he's, he at, after the outburst, he openly starts calling soups gods. Like mm-hmm. that's something that he, for the most part kept like more of like backdoor conversation. And and to your point earlier, it's, it, It still parallels DC because it keeps bringing me back to that Lex Luthor quote from Batman versus Superman, where he says, if God is all powerful, he cannot be all good. And if he is all good, then he cannot be all powerful. Mm -hmm. And clearly we're seeing he is all powerful and he is not all good. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And it's just, it's so wild to see. And this is what a lot of people have issues with Superman is that well, he's too good, he can't be all that good, and there are comics that explore Superman's psyche and how like homelander it's it's kind of fragile where he struggles with this godlike power and how he can be responsible with it, but it's so refreshing to see it's and it's why I think Invincible is also super good is that it's it's interesting to see the Superman character become all bad, which is totally. which is great.
1: But with the all good facade, with the expectation that he could, oh, yeah. that he not mm-hmm. be, and that there be this, the the presence of Vought, right, is what makes this mm-hmm. show so interesting.
0: Oh, um, absolutely.
1: Because I don't think we see, I mean, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think, I can't think of another example of a superhero universe where the soups are exclusively run by a corporation and created by the corporation, right? Like we know that everything involved with soups from, from start to end is uh, a subsidy of VOD, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because most other properties, the the corporations are a result of the soups, mm-hmm. not the other way around.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is all built around them, but it's in the dark and it's all... I think that's what makes it so interesting and, like, the expectations for him to be Superman, but the reality that, like, he's just not. And I think the really interesting difference between Homelander and Superman is that Homelander is human Mm -hmm. he's not an alien right like that's what makes superman like in my mind um it can explain a lot of the superman character and and all the things that go along with it well he's you know but he's is he is different he is special he isn't human he's not from earth but homelander is yeah and really doesn't feel that way. And it creates such an interesting like conflict in him. Like he wishes he was from Krypton wicked bad. Yeah. He really <laughs> wishes that. And he is just not. And then they make him go out on these press tours and say how he's not all day long. And it just continues to like destroy him from the inside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause it does. It's also kind of showing. And for those of you who follow, like, have, like, a very close following with, like, one particular social media person or celebrity where you get to kind of see they'll show occasionally behind the the curtain stuff, like, on a podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting to see him put on the Homelander face. And then once the camera stopped rolling, you see the smile slowly fade and then it turns into, like, the true... Homelander face and it, it's so interesting that they're putting out which is largely something that they avoid they like no ever, celebrities are always happy and they're always positive and just like until you. they're not yeah and yeah. then Homelander we're, we're really kind of exposing that scab a little bit in TV
1: I think they're doing it with the other characters too because we see Starlight with the clenching her cape right mm-hmm. while she deals with all of this crap um, and I mean, like Mave, to- like they're all putting it on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even with the reality show where they're running lines,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's like, yeah, the reality, the reality behind, behind the, the reality. reality. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the show is really well written. It really is. <laughs> like, I love the way that they're handling this element of it. I love the way that they're putting it first and foremost, because it's. The best part of the show and they're leaning into it and it's like oh you guys are smart um and and definitely the deep is having to do it too with with timothy who he begged for his life like oh, my, oh god. my
0: god so heartbreaking
1: that was so fucked up dude it was that octopus was too big to be eaten casually like that alive like a live octopus that you eat is little have you ever seen like when like because that's a real thing right eating like a live squid or the live octopus
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not like, like twice the size of your fist like yeah. oh my god
0: oh it was so and he was like he was talking about his brain and i was like oh
1: did he say his brain or did he say i thought he said he's praying
0: i i don't know i it's it's because he was like right before he like crunched down so i don't know it could have man i should really I, thought he the said he, on. I
1: thought he said he's praying while he was about while he had him in his mouth i think that's what he said <laughs> it was before he crunched down i think he said he's praying <laughs>
0: Oh, God, it's so bad. Um, <laughs> the
1: Deep's power, like, honestly, the commentary they have on Aquaman so fucking kills me. No, I love it. It's so real. It's so correct. Like, somebody somebody sat down and smoked a really top-notch joint and thought to themselves hard about what it would really be like to be Aquaman. he, <laughs> like, he was all fish begging for their lives in the grocery store and stuff. Like, <laughs> like somebody thought hard about that, and they're absolutely 10 out of 10 correct about what it would be like to be aquaman
0: and it's so gross because he's like also sexually attracted to, to to see animals which is like really really weird and awkward especially like when he's having sex with his wife but he's looking at timothy and so i was like well, <laughs> talking he's, to
1: timothy he's,
0: and, he's, like... I was, and so that was like is he like gay as well or is he bi like is Oh, I don't think
1: that's the, I don't think it's about gender. (laughs)
0: He's, he's been banging like a a female, but he's looking at a male aquatic animal. Like that's not the first time he's done it, which is why I'm just like, is he like, I don't, I don't know that maybe I'm looking too into it.
1: I don't think he's worried about the gender. I think it's the fact that it's an aquatic animal is what we should be. I think it's all of them, but you're right that. Well, we don't know the gender of the dolphin, do we? From I thought it one. was
0: a, I thought it was a, he mentioned it. It was like a male.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that, that is kind of interesting actually that like his two aquatic lovers so far have been dudes, but <laughs> he, yeah. Like the dolphin that he gives to Starlight.
0: Oh my God. I was like, Oh, so cringy. <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: so funny. And the VTV television for women ad for not without my dolphin. <laughs> i really enjoyed that um i think it's interesting how similar homelander and butcher are like so much so that i put them in the same section of my notes that they have the same power set they're kind of going through the same thing right now right Mm -hmm. they're like another theme i think for this season is going to be like desperation like what happens when you don't have anything left to lose which is what homelander says about going nuts and attacking everyone if they put the Flight 37 video out, right? He's like, cool, then I will have nothing left to lose. Like, I'll lose everything, but I'll have nothing left to lose. So watch and see what happens. And I think Butcher's in the same place losing Becca. And, like, I know that he's Mm -hmm. got Ryan, who he cares about, and he's trying to protect. But, like, he's Butcher's lost a lot. And, like, Starlight, too, and Huey. And I think, like, a lot of them are getting pushed to a place of of desperation Mm -hmm. and I'm really curious to see like what they're going to do when there's, there's no line anymore for them and butchers like whatever line is left, butchers way over it with the V 24, not telling anybody.
0: Yep. And it's just like, it's also an examination of how much trauma can one person take? Right. Like starlight as an example, like she's, going back into the darkness that was her childhood she is going back into being sexually assaulted you know and mm-hmm. huey is going back into the the world he hates and butcher is going into a world he's terrified of being a soup so it's interesting to see like they're all going headfirst into their trauma and who is gonna snap first that's kind of what i'm I'm waiting to see who's going to break with bringing back these these old wounds.
1: Oh, I like that take on it. And you're dead on about Starlight. Like, this sucks for Starlight. <laughs> like, she has so to deal much. with the deep. And now she's, I mean, real talk, like, she's very likely going to be assaulted by Homelander. Like, I don't see this mm. going her way. And it makes me 100%. wonder how uh, how Maeve got involved with Homelander. Because mm-hmm. you don't get the feeling that was her pick. Yeah. But also she was able to not die. I'm curious if we get more of
0: that. My biggest concern is that I'm worried that this might be the last season we get with Starlight because I'm afraid that the trauma is going to be too much and she might just like snap and just either do something that's really reckless or do something, you know, a permanent solution to a not permanent situation.
1: You think she's going to be the one to snap?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about it because she was. And here's why is Huey with clear regret on his face is you have to do whatever you can to buy his time. Mm-hmm. And she I was waiting for her to push back and she was just like, OK, just make it quick. And so she was so quick to accept that she was going to have to go back into this darkness and it's getting pushed again to more things that she struggled with with homelander so it's i'm i'm concerned that her mental state is going to fall apart very quickly in this season
1: i actually think it's not going to be her um and the reason i think that is that i think this is going to be her like second chance versus her hitting her limit Right. Mm -hmm. I think she's now going to face a lot of like really similar challenges and do better than she did before is what I think will happen with Starlight because she needs like she was so timid and buying into Vought and like that's been her whole kind of arc has been like getting, you know, which is the pill that takes you into the matrix or out of the matrix. (laughs) It's like, she's been taking the red pill, right? Like I, I think that she'll continue on that trajectory and she's going to handle the situation with the deep way better. And I think she's going to handle this situation with Homelander. We're already seeing her doing it, right? She's not like putting her foot down and saying, no, I won't do this anymore. She's going to play the game smart. She's not going to get herself blown up. And this, even the same with her relationship with Huey. Like I loved that conversation they had. And the fact that they are communicating and that we don't have another storyline this season of Huey bullshitting her or vice versa. Yeah. I like that. The two of them are just like, yeah, you fucking have to go do this. And she's like, okay. And you know that Huey he'll be pissed that she's going with this because it's super, super dangerous for her. But at the same time, I think that, I think she's going to be honest with him about it. I think they're going to plan together. And he went straight to her when he found out about Victoria before he went to butcher like, mm-hmm. I actually think she's going to make, I think she's going to be okay. I think if anybody loses it, honestly, I think it's going to be Homelander.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, um, <laughs> I think he's the one on trajectory to completely break down. I mean, and honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that he got a bump with white males, right? Which mm-hmm. is like of course <laughs> well it's so real it's so real that yeah. they're like it, and it was it was adult white men in the rust belt that was what she said cuz i rewatched it it's like he's like got this big bump in like not the biggest demographic you know what i mean and she's like and you're down seven points with like every other man in the country but it's fine the ones like the rednecks in the rust belt love it like and i i think that's funny that it's like they can overlook a lot even though his speech wasn't that egregious for what he could have done. I mean, it's not like it's not like he got up there and started quoting Stormfront, but still like he can get away with a lot for them to just be able to say, oh, my God, you're up 40 points with this tiny demographic that doesn't represent most of the country. (laughs) (laughs) Felt very real to me. Um, But I loved his boner when he got that information. That was so funny. (laughs)
0: I do think it's funny that even as Heinous says he is Nazis are still not he's that's the line for Homelander is Nazism. Oh my God, I
1: loved how mad he was at Stormfront. He's like, "I'm the master race." I was like, "Oh God, like you both are so fucked up." But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and let so let's should we talk about that briefly? This is Stormfront situation. How appalled were you by that hand job?
0: Oh, my God. I think I quoted – I told you that she was a burnt pizza jerk-off station.
1: Not good. Not at all good. It was so
0: bad. Vindicating because Stormfront sucks,
1: but Jesus. Like, I – and this is – when I say, like, shit should not be on – like, how is this on TV? Like, Mm. the fact that we can, like, accurately describe something that way and, (laughs) like, I mean – and then she kills herself? Like – fuck right
0: yeah that i i was just like well i'm glad that she's gone
1: i did not want her in the season yeah
0: yeah i i was both surprised and and not surprised that she was still around and she was in homelander's room but at the same time i was just like god just, just let her let her die and then she she died like right away i was yeah. like Oh, well, okay. Well, all right.
1: (laughs) Definitely glad she died. I thought she was for, I was like shocked for a second that she was there. And then for one hot second, I thought she was going to be doppelganger.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And then I was like, why would he, that doesn't make what's no, that doesn't make sense. But for one hot second, I thought she was going to be doppelganger. (laughs) But I'm glad that she's dead, too. I really did not want to have her in this season. Like, she was a great villain last season. I just, like, I want this to keep developing and moving forward. And she is not the big bad of this show. Like No, not at all. Keep moving. Back to the, back to, but speaking of, of Stormfront, I guess, back to the V. And the V-24. So Butcher takes this without telling anybody. And he, cause he's so, this is like when, when people are desperate, right? He's so fucking fed up from losing in his fight with gunpowder, right? He gets shot in the leg. Mm -hmm. And then he talks to Huey who tells him about Newman, right? Cause he's about to be like, Huey, I'm going to be on, like, I'm going to do things your way. Like I suck right now. Right. And Huey's like, no, we're doing this your way. Fucking I suck. (laughs) You were right. And of course of the two of them, Butcher is the one to like really internalize that and be like, you're right. You're right. I was right all along. Let me take this B24. <laughs> what is going to happen here? Is everyone else going to take it? Is it just going to be Butcher? Or, and is this really temporary? What do you think?
0: So I think that it's going to, so I have a few feelings about it. Obviously I, I don't know much from the comics. Um, I think I'm just going to keep it that way. Cause I, I enjoy not knowing the road. Whereas, like with Marvel, and as these Marvel movies come out, I'm like, okay, well, this is the storyline. And same with DC, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is the third time that they're doing this particular idea um, right. in this movie. I like not knowing the road ahead. So, as a, someone who's completely on the sidelines for these stories, I I feel like Huey's going to be the last one to take V twenty four. And it's going to be like in a moment of desperation where he's like, if I don't do this, then we're going to lose. But I'm curious, is someone going to take it? And is someone going to die from it? Because he did say like, is there, there are some complications with it. Butcher, I think is going to permanently have powers now in his body. Kind of like, again, I hate to keep bringing this up, but. Superman and Man of Steel, when he's trying to figure out his powers, he's like getting sick and he's seeing through people by accident and he can't control his laser eyes. And I think Butcher's going through the exact same thing. And it's really gross that he threw up really gross liquid all over Huey.
1: <laughs> well, and did you notice like the liquid was bright green, just like the V24?
0: Yep. I did. And I
1: like, I like the color sign- signaling that it's, we know the V was blue right? Mm -hmm. So that's nice. We can tell the difference between the two. That's handy. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what he puked all over Huey. So like surely Huey's about to find out that he did this. And honestly, if anybody's down to take some V24, I think it's Huey. If he thought for a second it was safe, I feel like he would do that in a heartbeat. I really Mm -hmm. do. He always wanted to be a soup. He was a fan. Like he would, Huey would love to have powers. I agree that I think Butcher might either be stuck with them or it's gonna be a really problematic part of the season, him trying mm-hmm. to deal with it, right? Yeah. Cause that seems not handy if you have the uncontrollable laser eyes and we have like a cyclops situation. Like we need someone to make him a pair of glasses. <laughs> like that's not great. That's not like... but also what happens to homelanders threats now if like someone like Butcher has has his powers and also we have Ryan in the wings. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there would be people who could stand up to him, but I would love it if Butcher like developed Homelander's powers and we had two versions of Superman and neither of them was a good dude.
0: <laughs> what I think would be cool is if Butcher, like, like I said, I think Butcher's going to keep his powers. Mm-hmm. If Butcher obviously stands up to Homelander and i I know that's going to happen. They're going to duke it out.
1: Definitely. I loved Homelander showing up at his place.
0: But I'm wondering, is Butcher going to teach Ryan how to manage his powers since Butcher is going through it. They can do it together and then Ryan can be basically Butcher's sidekick.
1: Oh, that would be so cool. That would require Butcher communicating. So it's one of my few complaints from a writing standpoint is I, I really don't like it where there's a story of oh, shit's got real and I'm trying to protect you, but that means I can't talk to you right now, but I'm going to be like an asshole to you about it instead of just telling you that. Like, why can't we just say that? Ryan is old enough to hear like shit is real right now and I'm trying to protect you and you are currently on the run and you know that and I will hit you up when it is safe to do so. Why is that not the conversation?
0: Because toxic masculinity.
1: (laughs) God damn it, Matt. You're right. That's correct. God damn. (laughs) God damn. The show really understands like society. I it's it's too bad. And I'm also really worried about Ryan because Ryan said hate twice in the first three episodes. And Ryan used to have to put yep. a quarter in the shared the swear jar when he said hate.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yep. now he just is like saying it all the time and I'm a little bit concerned for him. And his eyes got all lit up, but then he got it under control. Ryan he gave the necklace back to Butcher. Mm-hmm. But Butcher has the emotional intelligence of a pineapple.
0: That's true. And Ryan's clearly learning to manage his powers a little bit better because he said you smell different and your heart's beating and your blood is different. Mm -hmm. So he's clearly looking inside of Butcher and noticing things are wrong. So it seems like Ryan is still working on getting his powers figured out, which that makes me think is what's her face helping him?
1: I would those assume Mallory. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Mallory. She knows a lot about soups. Like I don't see any reason that she wouldn't be educating him about what the situation is in a more straightforward way than his mom did. And yeah. being like, these are the things that you're likely capable of. Like, let's try and see if you can do it. Whereas all of that was getting shut down by uh, Becca. Right. Yeah. So which like, As much as i really really liked becca i did i enjoy her i enjoy the actress she was on the flash in its early Mm season um (sighs) bad pick honey if your whole thing is you're trying to prep somebody who will have the powers of homelander to not be homelander i don't think that the plan is pretend this isn't happening
0: yeah i thought that was a bad it's gonna happen
1: yeah though it's gonna happen why, why is this what mm-hmm. we're doing? I, so that did not track for me.
0: No, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> no.
1: Um, okay, do we have anything else on Butcher and Homelander before we start moving into Huey?
0: No, I think we pretty much got a good breakdown of each character's psyche at the moment.
1: Yeah, and those two are pretty interesting right now. But my yeah. favorite thing of the of this first three episodes was when Huey calls Butcher no, is he? Uh, he's talking to Starlight, I think. He's talking to Starlight mm-hmm. when she has to go in and face and like put up with Homelander for we don't know how long. And he says we have to be as mean and fucked up as they are I am just so tired of losing.
0: Oh, I felt that.
1: Oh yeah. This I think was the smartest like real world political comment or societal comment that they had in these first three because I think the Democrats are very much feeling this right now. I know I am. I think there's a lot of people on like the progressive side of current politics who are really feeling like this. Like we keep trying to be nice and it's not working and we need to stop playing so fucking nice. And I really feel that anger and that frustration that of like trying to do do the right thing the right way and not have it work and have the wrong thing the wrong way work so well. oh god and it's so frustrating and i just i think we are all huey right now
0: yeah it's um it's pretty clear that huey definitely for once felt like he had finally made it because he was you know he wasn't young but he wasn't old when episode one happened right and so now he's finally found the way that works for his morals and his mindset, and now it was, again, taken from him. And now he realizes, you know, this, this shit just isn't going to work. I have to do, I have to just embrace it. Because, I mean, Huey's got a kill count now. so. Oh, yeah, like a high one. It's just, yeah, in comparison to most people on the show. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. I just yeah. can't. I just, I'm I, I guess I'm just happy that if we were going to go this direction we did it early on so we're not like will he won't he is he still angsty is he still trying to figure himself out he's just like nope fuck it let's just do it let's just do the damn thing
1: and i think it tracks too because he has been feeling that impotence since like episode one right when his dad was like you don't Mm -hmm. have it in you to fight for the robin thing yep right can't even open a jar yeah yeah (laughs) well that that was such a Like fascinating little through line, right? She keep Mm -hmm. and it's like at first she opens the jar for him and it seems really cute. Like they have this like nonverbal, where like she sees that he needs help and they continue their conversation while she opens the jar and it's like seems really cute and part of their dynamic and I like it and like hashtag Huey light and then he gets so mad and I get it and and just is just so pissed about not being able to have like. power and agency and ability and impact right and just breaks the fucking thing and it ends up coming back at him and i wonder if that's ominous for how this is all gonna go for him right like all right fine i'll break it well i don't know if that's gonna work um we're gonna have to see but it completely oh. makes sense that he lost it when he found out about newman like i totally I get that.
0: and i think it's even more telling that that even just opening like a a jar he can't do and when he loses his patience and he he just tries to do it on his own he still hurts himself so it's definitely like you said it's a through line for from huey we know from seasons one and two he tries to do something and he's just like he goes through it without thinking and reckless and he hurts himself so and and it's every time whereas you know this time around i think he's going to be more like butcher but he's gonna be more like huey in between seasons where he's more calculated more so i think he's gonna be a good blend of mm and and butcher because he really as we see he's got a very strong relationship with mm and i wonder if he's gonna just kind of put take what he likes from each character and just do his own thing
1: yeah because he's always been the best of them right yeah Like he's got a good heart, but he's also like a natural at this, which is what season one's through line was right. That Everything he tried to go do, Mm. they were like, God damn, where'd you get this kid? Like he has no training and he's just great at this and he's enthusiastic about it. That's what makes me think he's going to take the V and I don't think he's going to be precious about it. Like I think Huey's going to do it like in episode four, I think, but he's going to make Butcher explain the puke and he's going to be like, give me that shit. I really do. I think he's just going to hold on to a vial of it for like the next time shit gets real. Cause I think Huey is done losing. I think he's done getting his ass handed to him. He's done being, have having like blood rained down on him, which was another through line of these three episodes. And they kept Gross. saying, We're doing it without getting covered in blood and guts. We're doing it without that, without that, without that. And then he's, it's literally raining down on him. And he's like, Fuck this. I'm done. I think he's going to take the V. Toot, sweet. I think it's uh MM who's not going to want to do it. And Frenchie actually more so Frenchie because of the, because of what's going on right now with Kimiko. I think those, two I think really he
0: might take it. it. I think he might do it. Cause he wants to connect with Kimiko.
1: She'd be so mad.
0: I know. But when has Frenchie ever done something for her that she was like super psyched about? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But um, I can see
1: that being a conflict between the two of them. Maybe Frenchie wants to do it. And she's like, Look at what it did to me. I hate it. Even though her, like, okay, I get it. I understand Kimiko's trauma, and her powers are dope, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, just, like, I was I was, I was, I was gonna text you, because I'm like, I'm not sure, like, does he love her, or is it, like, a, a like, brotherly love he has for her now, or... Because no. she says, I'm only here because of you. So, like, I'm not sure, like, are they actually in love, or... Well, because before he would also never turn away his friend. I forget her name, but. Cherie. Yeah. he And he actually, yeah, he turned her away, which is something he's never done before. So I'm like, this dude's he must be like in love, love with Kamiko, And yeah. I'm just not 100% certain if that is reciprocated.
1: I think that he always has been in love with her. And he like season two was about him figuring out how to like express that in a healthy way but he was still like hooking up with sherry in season two for Mm -hmm. sure but they also have like i actually really liked their like their kiss in this episode because it's very like i don't know he's not psyched (laughs) i just like well no it's like because it's like he's not it's not like he's cheating on kimiko that's just the relationship that that he has with sherry that that's how close they are Mm -hmm. she's leaving and saying goodbye you know i just i just kind of like their relationship um but no i absolutely think that they are like romantically together i mean look at how comfortably kimiko like rips his pants off when uh termites trying to crawl up his ass which was so
0: (laughs) i mean that's 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 a girl
1: who's been in there you know what i mean like she has trust issues like she's yeah I've, they're, they're definitely true. hooking up by the end of season two. And now I think that it's like serious and because he's like, no, I can't leave with you. Like, no, it's not a question um, to yeah. Cherie. And I love he, I love Frenchie and Kamiko together. Me too. Also, want...
0: Huey and Starlight.
1: And Huey and Starlight <laughs> are great. They were, I really liked Huey's, made me feel even worse for him. His like awesome opening montage, and he's listening to Uptown Girl. And he's, and he's got his smoothie and he gets to have great sex with his superhero girlfriend and he's on the Peloton. And then like after he finds out about Victoria, there's another scene mm-hmm. in their place and it's like all of the things from that montage, but it's just like the reality of it. And it's like his dirty smoothie, like his his ninja thing in the sink. Mm-hmm. And like it's just so well done. Like just that the the whole dirty under reality theme that's happening in everything, and his whole facade of his perfect little life is busted, and he's all miserable with his his dirty fruit ninja thing, <laughs> whatever it's called. <laughs> what are they by, called? by the what way, was I?
0: It's a it's a ninja blender. Ninja, um, <laughs> was I the only one? Like, is is Hughie really a psychopath? Is he really? just throwing jam on that blackened toast and just cool with it? Nobody like, said
1: anything about it. Bed. There was no comment. Like, let's make more toast. I know, I was like, 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 why wasn't that I, a line of dialogue?
0: I was just like, I think Huey's the biggest psychopath on this show because that is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's so legit, though. Like, I, too, was
1: like, dude, you can't serve that. Like, I was looking to see him throw it away or for Starlight to, like, say something demeaning. <laughs> like, what just happened i
0: I, I was just like no 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 no! don't just no! all oh, he's doing it oh he, oh gross <laughs> i was more focused on the toast than i was the dialogue
1: happened I, f- I was really focused on the ninja blender um <laughs> and it was just so so real it's sitting there in the sink all all sad and miserable just like huey's gross. life yeah, no, it's just like, God, every odd, yeah. everything does suck. It is all a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Frenchie and Kimiko, though, um, I wish that she was talking. I hate the silent Asian thing. I'm really tired yeah. of that. Really looking forward to the Umbrella Academy, which uh, Matt will be watching soon to, to break that up in season three a little bit because both these shows are guilty of that. Um. But I like that we're getting her subtitles now. So Frenchie can talk to her. She feels like a much more fully realized character, right?
0: Yes. And I like that she uses her phone to communicate as well.
1: Yeah. That she's got that her English is down. She can write in English now. Because we saw her learning yeah. that in season two, right? With the like mm-hmm. the boy girl trying to say brother.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she's going to be some sort of maestro in season four since she's practicing piano right now. yeah right she's
1: oh and she was trying to play dream a little dream of me right which is what she was Mm -hmm. singing in her imagination i hope that Mm -hmm. she does start speaking i think that's what that little dream says that she would like to do right
0: i hope so Mm -hmm.
1: i would like that a lot i think that would be good for her because even though it's comic accurate and all the things i'm like no um i'm wondering if we're gonna get a cure storyline with her at some point like maybe in season four or five
0: maybe like someone reverse engineers very v24
1: well there's right there's no reason that like since since it's engineered to begin with different from like the mutant gene right like it's even more reasonable that they could reverse this Mm -hmm. so i wonder about that yeah right jesus i swear (laughs) to god um, I'm getting so tired of that with the flash, <laughs> but I'm wondering if we're going to get a cure or if this is just setting up this current season for Frenchie to potentially take the V24 and for her to be like, no, I fucking hate my powers. Like maybe that's all that that's setting up rather than a cure storyline.
0: Yeah. That's
1: That maybe. also possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Lots of different ways that they can go in this season.
1: Yeah. What do you think about the Nina situation? the uh the russian the, trafficker who's after
0: Sheree. You know, I think that's going to be a subplot that I'm I I'm just going to get frustrated with cuz Frenchie is trying to do better and he's like I work for the I work for the guy who works for CIA, you know, you don't want the feds on you and mm-hmm. um she's really trying to and again, it's like like every other character, he's diving back into the darkness and I, I think he's like everyone else. He's going to dive back in. and But the, here's the thing is we've already kind of seen him do this before. Like he relapsed last season. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really interested in seeing that side of him again. And I, I really hope that it's not going to be that trope. Like I'll do this one last mission for you, but then I'm out. You can't ever call me back up again. And I, I'm just not like when, when I was seeing him, I'm like, oh, I, I really don't. Frenchie's a a character that deserves better than to rehash an old plot line and then throw a, a different kind of trope onto him as well. So I'm I'm hoping that that's not what we're going to get because he, as a character and as an actor, deserves better than that.
1: Yeah, the only old plot lines that I care about are the ones that are directly soup adjacent. Like I don't want to hear, I don't care about like the drug dealers, which yep. is who Nina is, but they say... At the end of episode three, Butcher's like, call Nina. She's going to, we're going to go to Russia. Right? Mm-hmm. So, which kind of takes us into Soldier Boy, the fucking shit show that is soups in the military, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think if they do this right, and I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt, because so far the show is pretty flawless, maybe it won't be a boring side plot no one cares about. Maybe it will be a way to exit Cherie out of the plot without just ghosting her right um mm-hmm. and a character with whom to have some conflict but also something that moves the plot forward and pushes them into russia to go try and find this weapon where what the, what they're really going to find is cryogenically frozen soldier boy right like we right. see that in the trailer very
0: very superman or very Captain America, extremely
1: Captain America. Yeah, enter the Avengers, everybody. Like this is the first season yeah. we <laughs> see like a lot of of Marvel characters, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's mostly yes. DC rips up to this point.
0: Yes, I'm very I'm very excited because a um, Soldier Boy, from what I've seen on the through the promotional. St- The promotional content that they've had where he's like doing interviews as Soldier Boy, Mm -hmm. the trailer and stuff like that. He looks like the anti Captain America, which I think is going to be great because Homelander is the anti Superman. So I think it's, I'm really excited to see how he plays out because we've also gotten the idea that there's potential, you know, pedophilia going on, there's potential abuse going on from Soldier Boy. So, um, not a fan of the name. I think it's kind of a stupid name, but whatever.
1: So is Captain America. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna level with you, Matt. So is Captain America.
0: Captain America. So in general, superhero <laughs> names are not always great, but I just feel like Soldier Boy is just particularly bad.
1: <laughs> I like Tech Knight in the, the voice ones. But the best is love sausage, obviously.
0: <laughs> um but um. when i first saw soldier boy i'm like that that just looks like they they took either u.s agent's helmet or they took captain america's helmet from one of the avengers and they just like got a knife and popped the a off (laughs) and then just
1: absolutely
0: like like a little eagle on it
1: that's exactly (laughs) what they did it's hilarious and he even looks like a like poor man's Chris Evans, like even more oh, so yeah. than, uh, U.S. Agent. Even though I, I think there's a scene in the trailers of him beating somebody's head in with the shield, like U.S. Agent style, um, but obviously more graphically. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see, like the direct rip. And we'll talk about some of the other references and stuff that we haven't hit on towards the end. But uh, yeah, the Mallory flashback with him was pretty awesome, right?
0: Oh my God, it was so cool it it definitely brought on some wolverine origin vibes for me
1: uh-huh. but
0: executed way better <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it was it was really cool and i like how she was like those are my fucking guys and you get to see i forget gun gunpowder's name before he changed it when he grew up but and it is so true cuz i was watching like oh damn he's on a 50 cal and just watching him just like get off on it I'm like yeah yeah that makes sense like a mm-hmm. little kid who, who was so has such a big dissociation from reality being a superhero sidekick i was like yeah that's that's probably how that would actually turn out and it's just it was so well done the guy who played um uh stands younger self i think oh, he was um great. so good so I, good.
1: I hope all the best for that actor in everything that he yeah, does. Yeah, for real. He was brilliant. The casting was insane. Like young Mallory was really, really good too. I totally believe that was her. Right? It was. Oh, like, yeah. 100%. No, she walked out, and I was like, "Oh, it's Mallory." Except, wait, it's thirty years ago. Like, what's happening? I actually probably longer than that. I have no idea. um
0: Yeah, I great. could totally buy that. Those were both young versions of that person.
1: Yeah, and really interesting to see that that's where. Stan was that he just like came up through Vought to become CEO. Like, you forget that mm-hmm. Vought existed before, but that like so much of what it is now is him, right? This like this desire to militarize the soups, and also the way they talk about the way that he talks about bringing soups back to the military because it had been 50 some odd years or whatever, like, likely since Soldier Boy. Probably right because they were like Soldier Boy's a real American hero. Like probably I'm guessing that the story is going to be that Soldier Boy fought in World War II, but that other than that there weren't really soups in the military until Stan Edgar. Yeah, I think that's what they're setting up.
0: And, yeah, oof. I'm I'm sure Soldier Boy was supposed to be like Homelander, and that they got a hold of the Compound V from. The Germans, just like they did in Captain America, um, but, well and we
1: know this because we know Vought was a German scientist in World War Two, right? They set this up exactly last time, that they like. We yep. do know that it was created during the war to create yep. soldiers.
0: Hundred percent. Somehow
1: it got like all disnified, right? Yeah. Somewhere along mm-hmm. the way.
0: Totally, I I just I loved it all. I I loved seeing young black noir. Which then I was Mm -hmm. just like, wait, so is his powerless that he doesn't age? Which kind of leads me to some other questions of Black Noir. But and then same thing, because now I'm just like, so aside from Black Noir is like, are the Marvel satired characters, do they not age? Because if that was or do all the heroes just not age very well, because all the characters are very young and they but they are relatively new. But we're looking at characters that have been around since it's i what i believe was like clearly the 70s or 80s and they don't look like they've aged very much so i'm kind of wondering like do they age or how does that work
1: i think that many of them must because it's a surprise to everybody in season 2 like people who know about soups. it's a surprise to all of the boys and starlight that stormfront could be as old as she was so yeah. i think that many of them must age and Mm -hmm. clearly if if what they're going to try to say is that soldier boy was in world war ii he must be one that they know doesn't like there must be like for instance like mallory in the flashback was super surprised that soldier boy was killed she's like that's impossible but she was in no Mm -hmm. way surprised to see swatter get blown up right so yeah um and shout out to scott just to say yeah i know everybody's name in this one i fucking got this (laughs) (laughs) but um, but like no one's surprised that he gets blown up right but she's like that can't happen to soldier boy i think that it like similar to mutants where there's like classes of mutants there must be some kind of general understanding that there are a handful of soups that probably won't age at least not very much um and that can't be destroyed. But I don't think there's an expectation that they all just live forever and look young forever because they're shocked by Stormfront. And it's not like, oh, it must be one of the soups that can do this. They're like, what the fuck, right? So she also had a healing factor. And I wonder how much that plays into it. Mm. Like, is Kimiko going to age? That's true. So I don't know. Yeah. And there don't seem to be a lot of other soups. With a healing factor because they're all wicked surprised by this. Like when it happens to mm-hmm. Kimiko, he's not like, oh dope, you have a healing power. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: In uh, in like the, the early part of season one, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I want them to expand on it further and tell us these things because... It's obvious that Soldier Boy has been like from the trailer. He's been in cryo, right? Like Captain America style. So, yeah. what does this mean? Like so we're so they're saying, okay, we want to get the weapon that killed Soldier Boy because that could kill Homelander, but they don't realize that Soldier Boy Soldier Boy is totally not dead. That name is stupid. And <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. I'm with you. But so, what does this mean? Like, is this going to turn into nothing? That like, there is no weapon, or is there a weapon and he's not dead? Or were they trying to fake his death? Or are they just keeping his survival a secret and keeping him in cryo until? And why do the Russians have him? Like, what's going on? I'm I'm now curious about this for this season way more so than I was going into it.
0: Yeah, because I I wasn't sure. So there was a couple things that I, I thought. So I thought, okay is that really the Russians? And that's not something that they're playing up. Cause that thought also occurred to me too. Um, but I'm also, and if it was the Russians, are we going to get a winter soldier type situation with, with um, soldier boy?
1: Oh, like he's brainwashed.
0: Yeah. Or will it be like soldier boy is also a Nazi kind of like captain America went through, in one of his most recent comic book lines a few years ago, where he actually becomes Captain Hydra, and he's been a double agent since World War II. So I'm just wondering, will we see kind of a similar parallel with this character, or is it going to be something that we've never seen before? But to bring up what Scott mentioned yesterday, we were talking to him, none of these characters seem to have a weakness. They all seem to be... Or, at least, like you said, like there's tiers of characters, like Homelander seems to be freaking invincible. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas Starlight clearly is not invincible, which makes me feel, which I like, that like a B level character is as strong as like an S level character. But, um, she's
1: invincible ish, right? Like she can get hit with that big gun in season one.
0: Yeah. I think she just has a higher, yeah, because she, she does get hit with the 50 cal. Um, and it's just like, maybe she does have some like limited level of invulnerability, but obviously nothing in comparison to Homelander because she is still very shook anytime Homelander th- threatens her because she knows she can't kill him.
1: It's explicit in, I think it's in season two, that if Homelander wants to, he can just shove his hand straight to her abdomen. Like, that's like absolutely. Yeah. And Frenchie has to use like. The diamond blade or whatever to get through her skin so yeah, yeah she has a, a level of invulnerability, and i think the way that they talk is like a lot of them are bulletproof
0: yeah like
1: a number of the superheroes are bulletproof in one way or another right translucent was starlight is mave homelander untested on a train
0: i wonder with with well yeah um with compound b that's just like baseline power everyone has a level of invulnerability
1: i don't know i don't i kind of don't think so like i think if you shot pop Claw, you would have died
0: like That's I,
1: true. you know what i mean like i think i think there's levels to it but also mm-hmm. the guy who uh like watches all the Stormfront propaganda in season two and shoots the guy at the convenience store mm-hmm. um he says are you one of, are you a bulletproof motherfucker right and shoots him and get right which is totally insane but um i think there's an expectation that a lot of them are but i also have always said this about the boys universe is most of the heroes that we see are in the seven which means they're gonna be pretty high power yeah and it doesn't have to be indicative of the whole crew but now i think we're starting to see more different level soups but what i love about the boys is that like we almost never see anyone use a power because that's not where <laughs> real power comes from that's not what it's really about like that's the show's so oh, fucking good
0: i can give you real power i was like oh damn
1: dude like damn so it, scott get on it <laughs> no shit yeah let's <laughs> tell you listeners scott is driving us both fucking insane by not having seen this yet but it's he's uh, gonna get there he's moving uh, he's moving, yeah. he's moving. But this brings us into Stan Edgar, though, and, and strings yet to pull in Congress, and Victoria Newman.
0: Man, what do you think about her? Um, I'm con- I'm a little confused with the relationship between her and Stan, just um, because I got different vibes from the flashback to where they are in present times, um, but. She I'm so interested because she's kind of like a blank slate character where we know she's got powers, she's already got a level of power, but what's the end game? Because I mean most characters at this point of the show, we've we kind of know what their their plan is, but for her, it's not really clear. Is she in VOT's pocket trying to make things work? Because I mean, it's kind of other than the head popping in Congress, it's her motives seem very contradictory to that. So is she Is she trying to be Homelander? Is she afraid that her powers won't work on Homelander? Because I was like if she could have taken out Homelander right there and she chose not to. So that's why I'm like, what is what's her end game? I'm not really sure. So
1: coming out of season two, that was my exact like, I had no idea. I think I have a better idea now. She came up in this Red River place, right? That's how Huey ends mm-hmm. up there. This uh, this group home for young soups is yeah. because she grew up there and popped the heads of, like, all her foster parents and everyone who worked at the place, right? And, like, and they say when Huey goes, it's like, oh, some of them you know, get their powers really young and can't control them. And it's like, pop, 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 pop. Right. And they get the files yeah. on her that Huey steals while he's there. So then we see Stan Edgar says, I can't technically adopt you. Right. Cause then there's paperwork. Um, but I am going to take care of you and takes her home. And so he's definitely a father figure to her. He definitely raised her and she's definitely in Vought's pocket and she is for all intents and purposes Vought. Right. So, mm-hmm. I think they made that clear at this point. And also she calls Edgar, like after she blows up her buddy's brains, right? Uh, Yeah. Tony. Um, After she blows up Tony, she calls Stan and is like, dude, you like, I need a team. Someone needs to come clean this up. And he tells her later, don't worry. We got there within like 10 minutes. Everything's fine. No one saw anything. And if they did, you're going to blow their brains out. Right. So I think. She is, for now, all for all intents and purposes, Vought and Edgar. And maybe she'll have some kind of change of heart, and maybe that's a storyline later. But for now, I think she's totally in their pocket. And I think that when she blew up Congress, it was at his orders. So, uh, no, I don't think it's a you-could-have-killed-Homelander-if-you-wanted-to. I don't think any of this is about what she's picking. I think she's doing his bidding and... In exchange, I'm sure getting things like donations to her super PAC, which is a thing that they mentioned in this episode, becoming mm-hmm. a Congresswoman, right? She's like discount AOC, but like evil. She's a evil AOC. And like, she, but what I, what I think is interesting is that her existence and the fact that she runs up the anti-superhero league or whatever shows that Vought wants that. Like there is some amount of this oversight and these congressional hearings and all the stuff about like trying to contain the V, but also they want the V out because he says, I still have strings to pull in Congress and it goes, it cuts to her. So it's like, how is the stuff that she's doing that's anti-superhero beneficial to Vought? That's the question in my mind.
0: Okay. Now that you've put it in that perspective, that makes more sense to me now. Now, Now I kind of have a better idea of what she's there. So she is there to clean up the low-level guys slowly, the legit way, so that way Vought can continue to get out of the superhero business. But Oh, that's smart. Yeah, because she says, well, Termite's off the table. Obviously, Vought has a reason why Termite would need to be off the table. So they're picking these soups that they can probably control. So,
1: right, he's choosing who to hand over.
0: Yeah, so there's probably some dirt like the coke, for example, for for termite that they can use as leverage to get him to do what they want and which is probably kill more soups and they're using that as a means to clear the board and leave the hard ones till the end until they absolutely have to get rid of it and probably manufacture a civil war between the heroes. So I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen.
1: Maybe even be working on the cure, right? That they start going into, okay, so now here's your punishment. Very Ella the Flash, right? Here's your punishment. Mm -hmm. If you fuck up, we can take your powers away. And maybe that's where they're headed. And yeah, they're making trades. Take these two B guys, but we're going to keep Termite. The reason for keeping him, I think, is even simpler. They mention a advertising deal with Terminex. Yep. It's just money.
0: Yep. And the other thing, too, is that it could also be a vehicle, if there is some sort of superhero civil war, they can start giving V-24 to actual soldiers and let humanity take the fight to the soups, therefore eliminating the soups, which would get rid of Compound V altogether, and then monetize Compound V-24.
1: Yeah, because they make it clear that... That would have been the goal. Like, what they really want is a V twenty four, not a not all these people with powers that they can't control. Yep,
0: exactly. So
1: that makes sense. Uh, actually, a lot of sense that that's what she's there to do: start thinning the herd because he wants out of the superhero business. That makes a lot of sense. Start ca- getting them canceled. Start, yep. Like you know, working with this narrative. And I love what he says to Homelander when Homelander's like wanting Starlight to sing and dance for him, and he's like, Starlight doesn't have to do shit. Uh, Like Stan Edgar (laughs) says that, right? And he's like, after the PR stunts that you've pulled Homelander this year, you're lucky we're even doing this bullshit for you. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So, which takes me to like, okay, why isn't Edgar scared of Newman or Homelander or anyone? Does he have a power? Like, or is the power that he has the power that he describes to Starlight? Of just being able to control people. Like, what is going on with Stan Edgar?
0: I think he's definitely, you know, again, comparing current properties. I definitely think he's like Emperor Palpatine. He's more powerful than he leads on. Mm -hmm. I do think he's got some sort of power. What that is, I don't know. Maybe it's like an Xavier-type power. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like he's got something up his sleeve,
1: whether that's lightsabers
0: or something else.
1: (laughs) Maybe like I'm wondering if he has like an invulnerability or a healing factor. Like, what makes him not scared of Victoria? That's what I want to know. Because she popped the heads of every adult in her life. We see, right?
0: Mm. What the
1: fuck makes him different? Just because he says I'm going to take care of you and he's nice to her, I cannot imagine he was the first person to try being nice.
0: Yeah, that does not seem realistic
1: to me because that place wasn't. You know, I mean, the teleporting kid was like extremely creepy, but and there was a Spider-Man, which I liked climbing on the walls in the (laughs) group home. But um, like, it didn't seem like a sadistic, evil orphanage. You know, I cannot imagine. And she seemed like young Victoria didn't seem like she wanted to hurt anybody. So I don't know why he's not scared. Um, Maybe he
0: can take powers. Kind of like uh, Rogue from X-Men.
1: Yeah, but then, like, how would he be invulnerable to her head-popping? That's what I'm confused about. Oh, my God. And you know what else needs to be brought up that just came into my mind? Um, Showdown between Victoria and Cynthia, our other head-popper.
0: Remember
1: Cynthia from last season who escaped, uh, like, hitchhiking down the road and she was popping everybody in that... Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at so to many see that. threads. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot here. But yeah, I, I predict that we will get some kind of explanation for this for why Edgar isn't scared of shit because he's really not. And I'm wondering if he has like an insane level of invulnerability or if it'll just be done really, really smartly and we'll get more flashbacks of him just manipulating the situation. And having a kind yeah. of control that he describes to Starlight, because it would be very satisfying to me if that was what made him the most powerful character in the show. And he doesn't have powers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that Or would maybe be really he is
0: maybe he's Vought. Who knows?
1: <laughs> he's Vought? Oh, right? Like, he's... Conti- no, because Vought was a German Nazi. We saw pictures of him.
0: Yeah, but they could have done the whole... I mean, it's a comic book show. You could have done the whole brain switcheroo move, and he's now inside um stan edgar now so
1: that would be who knows i don't know i like the idea of edgar being like a super villain (laughs) well like a ladder climber but yeah like a lex Luthor super villain like who i liked him in the flashback i liked how he's just like so zoned into the the game right the media Mm -hmm. facade because and and while simultaneously saying even then because I want to get them in the military I see my end game I have I'm playing like the really long game of like 10d chess and yeah I kind of would totally respect it if he had no powers whatsoever and he just was not to be fucked with <laughs> <laughs> um. um. And then... Again,
0: I like not knowing what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't either. The only things that I know from the comics are the existence of hero gasm, which we know is a thing that's going to happen this season, and it, it should be insane. I don't know how anything gets more insane than the enormous dickhole that we saw on TV this weekend, Matt. <laughs>
0: but And it is one of those shows where I'm like, how are they getting away with this?
1: Yeah. Like, how... That... I can't believe that we saw a dude go into another dude's dick hole on TV. Like oh,
0: there's so many things the shows done that I'm shocked that they've been able to get away with.
1: Homelander jacking it over <laughs> New York screaming I can do whatever I want is maybe my favorite part of the, like moment in the show. Like I like in terms of just being like god fucking damn that is on TV right now, <laughs> like, and I loved his line in this season to starlight, like I truly can do whatever the fuck I want. And I'm like, ooh homelander, you just got like a little half chub saying that I know it, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God um do so do we have anything else we want to add before we talk about some of the just some of the things I thought was funny, <laughs> and then we'll go into ratings and wrap it up.
0: um no, I think we've covered it all for the most part. I'm just super excited. I can't wait to see what happens. I know.
1: I think the only thing we didn't really hit on was MM, because I don't really have anything to say, except that I like how they did it.
0: Yeah. A lot of the minor characters are getting the, the their stories fleshed out, which I think is really nice. Um, like Black Noir, for example. Mm-hmm. He's a super crazy cool character that we know. Now we know a little bit more about MM. He's struggling with his OCDs and his PTSD and all the other stuff that he's got, all the other acronyms that he's got going on. Yeah. Uh, um. I just, it's just for And I know I, I was complaining about stranger things being too long. The boys is so well paced that it doesn't feel like it's an hour and 10 minutes long. It's just, it's really well done on so many different levels. The only thing I'm not really like, over the moon about is this the scoring because it's just a lot of billy joel
1: (laughs) i kind of love it because that's like the idea right i'm pretty here for that because it's just so it's like part of the plot and often the music is diegetic a lot of the billy joel is diegetic so i really like the way that they do that i enjoyed that they leaned into the sound mixing with the soundtrack Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah if if you so there's there's three shows right now that are leaning into their soundtracks a lot and I is or that have kind of done it the best and it's the boys stranger things and the umbrella academy and i'm really looking forward to talking with you about this after you watch the umbrella academy particularly season two because as i have said <laughs> season one is good i had a lot of fun i was looking forward to the show coming back but season two is like exceptional and, but the music is good all the way through. And the Umbrella Academy leans into their soundtrack and lets it be the dominant sound. Lets it be so that you're almost like, what did you say in the dialogue when there is any during the music scenes? And mm-hmm. I think that's great. And I think The Boys is coming in second. And I think that Stranger Things fucking killed me this year because I really wanted that Kate Bush song coming in louder. Like, I was like, <laughs> why is this not the dominant? Why am I hearing all of the buildings crashing down around you and not the Kate Bush song? Like, I had an issue with the sound mixing in Stranger Things four. It was the only issue I had with Stranger Things four. I just wanted more of the soundtrack because it was really good. <laughs> anyway, um, references and things we thought were funny. Not without my dolphin. <laughs>
0: um, I I liked that and we we talked about this a little bit off the show but we talked about how dawn of the seven turned from justice league into the snyder cut which i thought was hilarious um and also of course ashley banging the director and she's just a weird kink bitch and
1: And he shakes Huey's hand and he's got her like wet fucking hair in his hand. Like, <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, and
0: the director's
1: crying because they're like "We had to get someone else to come in and do that for you, you bitch. Like you couldn't even do your own director's cut. <laughs> that was so funny. And they, the way they talked about, like, well, we talked about, you know, after because what they're saying is that they filmed it and then the Stormfront news came out and they had to change the plot around Stormfront, right? They had to make her a bad guy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they had to go back for reshoots. And it's like, mm-hmm. we thought about just not doing it or releasing it on VOT Plus, but the viewers demanded.
0: <laughs> that made me laugh when he said VOT Plus. I was like, just kidding. <laughs> Everybody.
1: <laughs> um I liked the Chimps Don't Cry song from the Scarlet Witch Rip. I can't remember where <laughs> In this. Scarlet something? Crimson. The Crimson uh
0: Crimson uh, count Crimson Countess.
1: Crimson Countess. Shimso <laughs> <laughs> Cry was hilarious. Uh, did you catch this? Uh the Wanda Civil War reference. I was impressed that I caught it.
0: No. What where did I where what did, what was it?
1: They're talking about things that the soups have done that are bad and like why they should be going after them. Right. I can't remember who's having the conversation or in what episode, but they say black noirs attack on the hard rock in Lagos should have been a war crime.
0: Oh, that's like right. His
1: way- no, they said like what, what noir did at the hard rock in Lagos should have been a war crime. And I'm like, Oh, in Lagos, a, eh? I, was, I yeah. see you Wanda Maximoff. Um, that's
0: true. I didn't put, make that connection. I did catch that. I was like, Oh shit. And, but I didn't make that connection to to Civil War. That's nice. That's like what that. that.
1: That's totally what that is, right? With the Lagos reference. Hundred percent. I caught yeah, 100%. it.
0: Hundred yeah, percent. Mm-hmm. I got this.
1: Um, among the list of people attending Homelander's birthday party, the cast of Riverdale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that made me laugh. Like fucking oh, Riverdale!
1: Oh my god, it was so funny. There were a number of other people on that list, but the cast of Riverdale is the one that caught me. <laughs> um. Did you catch the footage of the storm chasers who are the alt right supporters of Stormfront, right? Like the neo Nazis supporting her. Did you catch their news footage with the tiki torches?
0: No. Damn, I missed that.
1: Yeah, you should go. Yeah, you got to rewatch. There's a there when they're talking about uh, it's like some of the news footage before Homelander forces that girl to jump off the building. Holy shit. Homelanders are going to be the one to fucking. Uh, implode but they yeah. Uh, yeah they have the storm chasers marching with tiki torches which is a, a 10 out of 10 reference to um, where was it that that happened it was in Virginia right yeah yeah like 10 out of 10 right there Um, I think I mentioned Homelander's boner that was so funny <laughs> we talked about Timothy
0: <laughs> I thought the deeps book was so it matches him so well because it's the dumbest fucking name for a book. Deeper. Deeper. I was like, oh my god, it's so fucking dumb.
1: Written by Shia LaBeouf's Ghost Raider.
0: <laughs> and I just think it, it, it's a good contrast to him because he's just, he's a puppet. He has no backbone. He has no spine. And he's just being manipulated by every single person around him. I still I hate him as a character, but. I just was like, of course. It was like the douchiest book name possible. Oh. Deeper. Come on.
1: <laughs> Deeper. God.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you know, we didn't really touch on A-Train being a total douchebag either.
1: A-Train is a total just, douchebag. That,
0: yeah. He's, that character's just got to go. He's just, he's not doing anything. Like, it's the same. And it's got to go back to what I'm, my concerns with Frenchie is that it's just the same shit over and over and over he he's gotta hang up the hang up the shoes the sneakers so to speak the tracks
1: yeah he's like i gotta stay in the game i gotta stay relevant and his brother i mean i thought i moved it along a little bit for him to see like for us to see his family and for them Mm -hmm. to say like you don't care about any cause like what what are you even trying to do like just come home and you know stop working for vod so what i that's what i think is interesting about a storyline i think we for sure need to get there i don't think he's gonna just like we have to have some of these beats even though it's kind of the same thing and i'm with you i'm kind of like i don't care about you a train but i think there could be an interesting story about what happens when you try to leave vod like what does that actually look like when you like retire because remember what happened to lamplighter lamplighter mm-hmm. didn't get to retire So what happens? Yeah. Well, no one, he had to work in that. uh, The lab. In the lab. Right. Yeah. So like. And then carrying out their orders and like using his powers to do like super shitty things and like burning evidence was like his job. So what happens when you try to leave? Like is his brother's plan for him to like come coach these kids? Is that realistic? Like, I kind of don't think so. And we know that a train is down to. Um. Push back and screw around a little bit, right? like he's the reason that the stormfront news came out, yeah, but if he doesn't have his powers, he's not really going to use to anybody and i I think there is an interesting story in him trying to leave though once he does it, hopefully sooner than later, and like we said, it's super well paced like it's I have no doubt that we will not be like you know jerking around with his storyline for too long.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he's is he going to be like the Colin Kaepernick. Of this universe where he's like anti something and he he gets off the field and on the sidelines and becomes more of like a figurehead than an actual player
1: yeah like he actually decides to stand up for something yeah that could be too well maybe he tries to get out and can't and is like fuck these people and decides to stand up to vat and like work with the boys potentially even
0: mm-hmm. like like mave he becomes an informant
1: yeah. Well, and so that I really like that the little bit that we got of Maeve this week was excellent. Her given. Mm-hmm. And she just no problem is like here's some V24. Yeah. here go. you go. They got a lot I of I did feel too. like
0: that was like really weird and awkward and rushed, but I was like, okay, we're moving along. We're just we're moving along. It's fine. I was like I'm, I totally buy it. this.
1: Like Maeve Maeve made her decision last time, right? Like she was like a hot mess yeah. and she showed up to help and fight Stormfront and I feel like I'm totally happy with the show being like, yeah, that was her making her decision. She stood up to Homelander and said she had the video. She did all the things that totally tracks to me that she would be working with them, especially now that an organization exists for her to report into. Yeah. Right, because the Victoria Newman's thing is new. Um, God, she'd be so mad if she knew how hard she's being played. That that whole thing's being set up by Stan Edgar. Like all of yep. this is orchestrated by Bot.
0: Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
1: Oh the so good. In
0: this. I love it. So the spider web.
1: <laughs> so what'd you rate it? What'd you give it for the first three?
0: Oh, 100 percent 10. 10 out of 10. It's so good. Yep. And they're 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 ramping up the insanity from the last two seasons in, in a way that's believable. It's not it's not over the top to where it's just like we're doing this just to see how far we can push it. It it's all logical leaps and steps, and it's it's just really lots of layering mm-hmm. really good quality storytelling which is not something unfortunately even with marvel that we get very often with very compelling thoughtful storylines and i I really appreciate it
1: yeah not like this because with something like marvel you need to suspend your disbelief a little bit right with this you really kind of don't like if you really want to be like you have to be a little cynical to see the world this way but i think you would be right in being that cynical Mm -hmm. this is how shit really works (laughs) Like the layers of it, like the 24 hour news cycle and the facade and all the stuff that we opened this episode talking about that sits above the act, the pharmaceutical company that is at the root of all of this, like that is very, very real. And every layer that they peel back, it makes sense. And the character stuff is great. And they're, they're giving us a lot of cool character stuff without me being bored at all. And we have had, I'm going to go ahead and say two maybe three if we count starlight's flashback like examples of actually seeing a power Mm -hmm. this season right like we saw starlight we saw crimson whatever yeah i guess butcher um and we saw like the bat the flashback to uh mallory's flashback they were using some of their powers but for mm-hmm. a superhero show, there's very, very few superpowers being demonstrated, and it's somehow the best superhero thing that's out there. Like, I think objectively, quality-wise, this is this is looking to be the best. Um,
0: yeah, who would have thought? Good job, Amazon.
1: Yeah, no shit. Like, way, way to get it. Like, here's hoping for Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> Runner-up? If everyone can't already tell for me, it's going to be Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy is so fucking good. I'm really <laughs> excited for you, Matt. I really am. Scott, It's <laughs> a little something that you haven't done for me. You've been promising me for about one year now, and it's watching the Umbrella Academy, and I'm starting to get impatient. Thus far, I believe I has been I have been reasonable. I'll soon cease to be reasonable. <laughs> there are like 20 days before the Umbrella Academy drops. Like, fucking get it together. <laughs> <laughs> with that listeners thank you for joining us we hope you guys enjoyed oh wait yourselves. what's your, what's well, what, your rating? Oh, 10 out of 10 perfect 10 out of 10 i will uh i will say that overall even without finishing this season the the boys as a show is definitely a turn it up to 11 for me um 100 yeah i will see on an individual episode level like i don't We'll have to see when the season's over, if there's any of these individually. But on on the whole, the boys is an 11 for me, for
0: sure. Absolutely.
1: I love this show. Um, (laughs) The season's going to be incredible.
0: (laughs) I'm like, I am
1: so here for it. And hopefully you guys are here for it with us, because we're going to be back next week for episode four. And we are just going to be covering the boys. Um, I'm unclear what our plans are to cover Jurassic Park. I'll have to circle with Scott. But I know that that is coming out next week. So potentially look out for a review of Jurassic Park six. So Jurassic, so furious we'll see, but 100% <laughs> we will be back for the boys season three, episode four. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us on social media, and you can find the links for our website and the social media in the episode description. You guys can also support us on Patreon. If you like the podcast Um, and Matt, thank you for coming on with me today and subbing in. It's always good having you on here. And I'm so stoked to talk about something that we both like.
0: (laughs) Yes, I will always, I will never turn down a chance to get on the podcast. Um, And of course, thank you for turning me on to the show. Because had you guys not really pushed me into it and peer pressured me, I probably wouldn't have watched what could be ending up to be one of my favorite superhero shows of all time. So thank you.
1: So, what you're saying is, I have good taste and you should believe me when I tell you that things are good and that you should like rewatch Breaking Bad.
0: I think this is a really good (laughs) show, guys. Thanks for tuning in.
1: (laughs) 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 Everybody stay nerdy. We will catch you for episode four next week. um, And uh, talk to you guys soon. (laughs) Stay nerdy. Bye. See you guys. Bye.